Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, joined today by Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller up on the ski hill, but he and I were in Belleville last night to witness the 4-1 loss at the hands of the Laval Rocket score. Not quite indicative of the way the game was played. Two empty net goals sealed it for the Rocket late. We'll get into that game. Josh Norris on his way back up. And since we recorded yesterday, Philip Schlappick back down. Looked great in the game in Belleville. We'll get into all that and more, including the Ottawa Senators hosting the Vancouver Canucks. A chance for Sens fans to see Quinn Hughes, the rookie scoring defenseman sensation. And always fun for him to get a play against his good pal, Brady Kachuk. Speaking of Kachuk, 64 games into the season, we got some wild Kachuk stats for you. So stick around for all that and maybe the best tankathon. Wow, the out of town scoreboard has looked great recently. Chris and I will deal with all that right now. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday. February 27th, and Parley, let's start with the Belleville Senators. Well, it was a tough one. I mean, it's not a night where you you see all the guys back in the lineup. You know, you got Drake Batherson back in there, Josh Norris, who seems to score at will, Vitalia Bramov, Alex Formanton, all these formidable goal scorers, and they only put up one, and it's Joseph Labate that gets it done. Um, there was lots of shots on goal from the guys you expect. I mean, Alex Formanton and Abramov both had four on net. Uh, Drake and Josh both just had three on net. So, I mean, the chances are there, but there's certainly something you can point at in this loss. Yeah, Bra- I mean, I don't even want to get into the officiating, but we kind of have to. Um, what happened in the second period, there were a couple... I'd say questionable calls at best that ended up putting the Rocket on a five-on-three power play. They were able to convert on the five-on-three. Second hit, they called interference on it, but it was just a strong play along the boards by uh, Jordan Murray. And he got, or sorry, Jack Dougherty, uh, who loves throwing the body around. And then to make insult to injury, in the third period, when it's 2-1, Belleville's running around in the offensive zone trying to tie it up. They're, they've got a power play, kind of a makeup call, I'll say. The, the call on uh, Kotkaniemi in the third period there, maybe not the strongest, but they have a chance to go up two men. There's a blatant high stick. I don't know the uh, Rocket player, but it was on Formanton, and it was a clear high stick. If we would have put... Belleville in a great opportunity to bring it back even. Um, of course, moot point because the penalty wasn't called. Uh, credit to Laval, though. They played hard. They had a great forecheck. I mentioned in the show yesterday, Caden Primo, a, a true NHL prospect in goal for them. He made 27 saves, was solid. So was Joey. Joey had a 30-save performance, looked really sharp. Uh, nothing he could do too much on the, on the two goals, just bang-bang plays. Um, the, the saving grace, at least for me, and if you follow us on Twitter, at Send Central, or if you listen to the Locked On Senators podcast, yesterday on the show, Brandon Piller said the Senators' three-way money line in the first period was a lock. Well, Parley, you know how much of a lock it was? They scored with 3.9 seconds to go to cash that money and get all you good listeners a few bucks in your pocket. <laughs> what a good guy Brandon Pillar is. Eh? He's always on top of that stuff. Uh, you mentioned his name there, yes, Barry Cock and Yemi and Caden Premier. There's a lot of guys that are down there right now that uh, 
I mean, they're making a difference for this Laval Rocket team. This is the first time the Laval Rocket have beat the Belleville Senators this year. But you mentioned Yasperi Kalkanyemi, and that always perks up my ear because he was taking a pick before Brady Kachuk. I mean, there's so many different things that can go wrong on draft day, and this guy's still down in the American League. He's trying to figure stuff out. I mean, uh, we, there's a lot of prospects down there for the Senators as well, but uh, it's, a t- it's a tough one as a Habs fan to look down and see the guy he took before, Brady Kachuk. More on him later. But yeah, it's uh, it's a couple plays bang-bang where, yeah, Joey Decord, not much of a chance to get a hold of him. Uh, it's You know, he's played so well, and the thing I like about him is he always gives your team a chance to win. You know, he's always in the games. He's always making a lot of stops. So uh, it's it's encouraging to see... Time and time again, even in losses, you see a good performance out of a guy like Joey Decord. Yeah, I love seeing it. I, I, we've always talked about if and when Anders Nielsen can fight his way back. It's really going to clog the uh, the rest of the depth chart at goalie. Um, Kokkinhemi, speaking of him, he, he did look good. He had a really nice assist on, on a rush and uh, was by far the best player on the Rocket uh, side of the ice. A guy who went four picks after him, not just the one with Brady Kachuk, but we're going to see him in Ottawa tonight. Uh, that's Quinn Hughes, who uh, just became... Uh, the youngest and quickest to 50 points as a rookie defenseman. Uh, that's going to be quite the challenge for the Ottawa Senators tonight, won't it? And that's a good Vancouver team right now. They're rolling. They've got a lot going for them, a lot of youngsters. You look at Elias Pettersson and guys like that. But, yeah, I thought uh, when we were back at CSM in college where all the where Send Central got its beginning, we had a buddy who was a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, and I remember saying to him, wow, that's a steal at number seven in the draft. And, uh, yeah, Quinn Hughes is certainly showing that he's maybe uh, not taking the backseat to his younger brother who went number one overall. He can he can really contend from the blue line. He's a lot of fun to watch in the offensive zone. He's a great skater, so it's fun to watch him in open ice anywhere where he gets the chance. But in the offensive zone, he's so creative, and he walks the blue line just as good as anybody else. Uh, it's impressive because of how many unbelievable defensemen have played in the NHL at a young age. But to get there to 50 the quickest that's a feet and a half so pretty impressive and yeah it's going to be one of those guys where if you're if you're there tonight it's kind of like hey i got to see quinn hughes play in his rookie year it's sorry yeah quinn hughes i always get the two confused jack or quinn but yeah exciting that uh quinn hughes will be there tonight it's uh kind of sucks so that (laughs) the senators fans have to go into the building tonight thinking well at least we get to see quinn hughes yeah, it's fair because the Vancouver Canucks have also been rolling since they picked up uh, former 67th captain and star player Tyler Toffoli. The Ottawa community obviously has seen him do his thing at the Civic Centre over the years, but he's brought that right to Vancouver as well. He scored the overtime winner in Montreal, which was a huge comeback performance. They're down one nothing, 2-1 and 3-2. We're able to battle back 3-3, and then Toffoli putting it away. Um, how about this? He's played three games with the Vancouver Canucks, and he's got three goals and two assists. So, if you do the math there, that's a pretty impressive start to his career. And, of course, what a way to end a, a two-time Stanley Cup career in L.A. with a hat-trick in that outdoor game before getting dealt over. Um, yeah, J- Jacob Markstrom, if I could say that properly, uh, he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Thatcher Demko did a great job for Vancouver. So that's going to be a tough test for the Senators. Marcus Hogberg going to start for Ottawa. Um, we haven't seen him in the last couple of games. Andy had a little bit of a run, and DJ Smith always said he's going to ride the hot hand. What are you expecting to see from Hogberg here as he gets his chance back in, the, in between the pe- pipes? Rather, Certainly got his fair share of looks, Marcus did. And you look at Andy, he's got four of the last six starts 
And, uh, I mean, we talked about it with Joey Decord, keeping his team in games. This is a little bit of a shell shock of a beginning to a career in the NHL level for Marcus Hogberg. You look at his last start against Columbus, he made 41 saves, and they still lost that game. I mean, this is a guy that is getting thrown to the flames right now, and as that lineup continues to decrease in in uh, NHL bodies, I mean, the shots are just going to continue to increase. When you have a 9-11 save percentage and lose the game, that's a tough one. You go back a game before, I just talked about it again. Joey Decord made 30 saves in that game in Belleville last night and wasn't able to get the W. Same thing with Marcus Hogmer against Winnipeg on February the 20th. He made 29 saves, only allowed three they lose that game. So it's it's it, it's a time in which Mark Sogberg is kind of getting thrown to the fire. Uh, I think he's got a lot going for him in the future, and he's definitely shown that he can contend at the NHL level. But right now, uh, it's it's a tough time to be between the pipes in Ottawa, and it's just another start for Mark Sogberg tonight with, like you mentioned, Tyler Toffoli, Quinn Hughes. Those guys are clicking on all cylinders right now. Elias Pettersson, ever heard of him, but for Marcus Hogberg, it's his 19th start of the season. It will be his 22nd game played. Uh, only the three wins. Yeah, you heard that right with the eight overtime losses. Uh, the numbers aren't great, but just awesome experience getting to 20 starts, it looks like, with his one after uh, Thursday against Vancouver. Maybe it will happen on Saturday in the biggest game of the year when they host the Detroit Red Wings. Wow. Yikes. At least he's not Jimmy Howard. You know what Jimmy Howard's record is? Tell me. Two, 22, and two. Two's gone wild in the worst way possible for a goaltender. Yeah, that's not something that you're writing home about. Elsewhere, uh, we're going to start doing something fun here um, as there are so many sends scattered around the National Hockey League now. Guys that um, the community of Ottawa got to know and love over whether it's a short or a long period. So welcome and introduce this segment, Scattered Sends. And Vlad Nemesnikov made his debut for Colorado last night. Three hits, two shots on goal, played just over 12 minutes. He's on Colorado's third line, and the Avalanche won that game 3-2. to two. You know, he's a good top nine guy. I can see him moving between the uh, the top nine and the bottom six, going down to the fourth line quite a bit. I think they picked him up solely as a penalty killer and a guy who, you know, this guy was taken in the first round. He's still got that upside. He's still young. He's a quality skater. But, you know, those are, I think, kind of going to be on teams like Colorado, at least, who have a real shot at things this year. I think that's the stat line you're going to be used to seeing from him. Never more than 15 minutes unless you take about seven minor penalties in the game. In the same game, how about some stick taps for Curtis Lazar? His fifth goal of the season. Not bad for a guy who I think all of us kind of penciled in as just a career AHLer. Another first rounder. That's a bit of a blemish on the scouting uh, team of the Ottawa Senators. But yeah, he scored six twice with the Senators. So he's one away from the career high. So good for him. Uh, Canadian kid, you got to cheer for him. Well, better than better than good is Tyler Ennis getting to play with the best player in the world. He had a goal and an assist in his debut last night. How about a team-high five hits for the little skilled guy? <laughs> he's buzzing out there. He's got a chance. He's got a little pep in his step now. It's funny to see guys that kind of go on to a team that's got a shot at the playoffs. He got a little bit of a re-energized, I guess you could say. So he had a team-high five hits in that game. Ryan Reeves with nine 
leading in 11 the league minutes in 11 minutes of hockey uh that's that's not watching the puck kind of hockey just man on man he's up to 283 on the season ross you uh, advertised it at the start of the show that we got some crazy brady kachuk stats i'll let you take it away keep in mind ryan reeves leading the league 283 hits yeah that's a lot of hits and it's even made more wild by the fact that Reeves plays 10 to 12 minutes a game, Brady up towards 1920 on a typical basis. But Brady Kachuk with 274 hits and third place doesn't even come close. Tom Wilson uh, has that honor. He's only got 235. So the gap is spreading. And it just so happened, I wanted to pull up a poll we put out on Send Central, and it was really close at the time, too. Um, it was through 32 games when Brady Kachuk had the exact same number of shots on goal as hits, which is rare to do in itself. But when you're top 10 in each of those categories, it's even tougher. He had um, he was fourth in shots and fifth in hits at that point. But how funny is this? We just brought it up randomly, and it turns out that we're after 64 games of Brady Kachuk's season. So literally a 50-50 split. So now he's sixth in the NHL in shots on goal, but second in hits. So if you break it up in in the first 32, of course, 122 of each. In the last what 32, 114 shots, but 152 hits. So he's picking up the pace. And this is a 20-year-old kid who's only going to get better and better and stronger and more physical. And... Shout out to at Tate underscore Fraser for writing in on Sense Central. He he's coming on. I haven't fact checked this. I don't know how we would really, but he's on pace to be the first player in NHL history to reach 300 shots and 300 hits in the season. So if you feel like there's nothing to cheer for anymore in in the Sense season, that would be some pretty cool history for a 20 year old to be a part of. Yeah, the friendship tour has continued uh, early and often in his career. 274 hits behind a guy whose job is only to be physical, whereas Brady is kind of doing everything for the Senators now. He's close to the lead league, in, or sorry, the team lead in scoring. He's putting the puck on net at a pretty good pace himself. So that's uh, that's interesting. 300, again, yeah, I have no idea how you would stat check that. But I think it's a good to honorable mention because last time we looked into this, Borokop was, I think, sitting just two spots behind him. He's now sitting sixth with 199. That'll be his third straight season with at least 200 hits because you got to expect he's going to throw another one this year. So he's sitting in sixth with 199 shots. And we joked a little bit earlier that he's becoming kind of a dual threat with hits and uh, blocked shots and I kind of said he was getting a triple threat because he's got his uh, career high in goals, but he's now 15th in block shots as well with 120. So, I mean, the intangibles, man, they said he was going to get re-signed. They told him in December. That's why I didn't get moved at the deadline. It wasn't the injury, folks. Borough Cup, he's going to be back as a senator next year. Get excited for the block shot and hit machine. Well, even more, well, the Wayne Gretzky of hitting, you mean, of course. <laughs> Well, Pierre Dorian was actually on TSN 1200 today, which is funny because they flushed my email trying to get him on Leafs Lunch. So thanks a lot, Sens PR. Appreciate that. Um, he said on 1200 today, though, that he wants Mark Borowiecki to be, quote, a senator for life. Now, we've heard this before time and time again. Says they've talked to his agents. What do you think that contract looks like? 
I mean, it depends on length. You know what I mean? It, for a guy, well, what does a senator hey, for life mean? Like he's, he's 28 or 29 right now. Like, is he getting a four year deal? He, people were surprised when he got a three year extension uh, in his current deal because that was signed a year. He still had a full year on his contract. So basically a four year deal. Do you see something of similar structure with maybe a bit of a raise in there? I can see it being a pretty front end loaded deal if it's going to have some uh, term to it just because I mean it is a career year for him and he did take on a leadership role you got to respect the fact that he changed his game uh, he's definitely been what I think is a, kind of a leader in the room for one of the longest serving sends if not the longest serving send behind Craig Anderson potentially I'm not sure what the numbers are there but yeah I could see him signing a four-year deal where maybe he's making a lot better money next year because getting into a 32 year old defenseman as the NHL picks up pace year after year. I'm not sure how long his spot will sit and if he can stay healthy because this is a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, he's dealing with one currently. So how long that body can hold up kind of depends on how long Senator for life means. But uh, yeah, I can see it being maybe a three-year extension with making some nice money off the top where there isn't a lot of contracts to be dealt out next year or you got to make it to the to the salary cap floor but then once these youngsters get ready to sign contracts after their elcs kind of expire I, I can see him maybe getting less money well it's interesting to note and i would assume that mark borby actually i shouldn't assume because he's such a machine he's come back from times where you think he's really hurt quick before but if his season were over he would have played the exact same amount of games as the year before and one game more than two years before. So he played 52 in 17, 18, 53 last year. He's at 53 now. And not only have the hits stayed consistent being at the top of the league, but the offense has come around as well, which is something that nobody, nobody expected. But he has 18 points, whereas he had five in the same amount last year. Seven goals. He had one last year. So that has to factor into these contract negotiations. You'd think so. I mean, you're not walking in there touting them as an offensive defenseman, but definitely the rise has been there. And it'll be interesting to see what he can get because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he started next year with an A on his jersey as a part of this leadership core if they're kind of branding him as a senator for life. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. It'll be interesting to see who's in the senator's lineup next year. But, uh, yeah, it'll be... As his numbers start to rise, I mean, I think he's looked at as a pretty respected guy. The penalty kill is something that the Senators can be can be proud of and can hang their hat on this year, leading the league in shorthanded goals. He's definitely a big part of that with all the block shots that can turn around into opportunities the other way. So if he's going to be a guy that you can kind of brand one of your strengths or your team around and a guy that does the right things, kind of plays to the best of his abilities each night. Uh, I can see him getting rewarded, like I said, in a year where you gotta you got to spend money somewhere. As the assistant captain of the team now, if he's a senator for life, does that kind of lean you into thinking he might get the C? I can't see it over Brady. I mean, a guy that I can see Brady walking into the room and all eyes being on him the way he uh, he's kind of a – the jester on the bench, he makes everybody laugh. He's the most excited when Anthony Duclair breaks out of his long drought. And I mean, it's impressive what Boro can do to lead in the categories he's leading in. But I mean, Brady's doing it better. So I think if you're going to reward that sort of thing, you got to reward a 20 year old like Brady Kachuk that you took fourth overall. 
I'm actually with you, but I'll play devil's advocate. And what if the other side of the argument is you want your captain to be a, a cool, calm, collected guy who can talk to the officials? You don't think Brady is a, a bit of a hothead to wear the C? I would, I would give it to Thomas Shabbat if you're looking for a cool, calm guy like that. I mean, borrows a bit of a stretch for me, but hey, you never know what will happen in Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. All the intrigue of the rebuild. Speaking of the rebuild, that leads us perfectly into the Tankathon, which went well in the one game that took place yesterday. Much more action around today. The LA Kings, of course, eased into a victory. It was tough sledding towards the end of the game, but uh, they managed to hold on over the Pittsburgh Penguins on home ice. But tonight it gets even more intense and that's because a team the Sens really want to win is playing a team the Sens really want to lose Devils Sharks they played last week Devils won in regulation how great would that be if we could replicate that tonight it would be fantastic because that would elongate two of the longest losing streaks in the NHL right now and uh, those losing streaks belong to San Jose and Ottawa. San Jose losing five straight, Ottawa losing four straight. So if that could become six straight tonight, and then, wow, a Saturday night game where Ottawa loses to Detroit, who's lost three straight, uh, you, it's the time of year where you just want to see those numbers grow. Speaking of numbers grow, let's talk percentages, where San Jose slides into fourth with a 9.5% chance of getting that number one overall pick. And the number we don't usually talk about is the top three percentage. So let's kind of get into that today. That San Jose pick now has a 28.8% chance of being a top three pick. And as the Senators have stayed locked for what felt like forever in that number three spot with an 11.5% chance at Alexi Lafreniere, the number one pick, that pick has a 33.9% chance. So roughly one third percent of a chance to get a top three pick. So that's some pretty good numbers as it's so nice to see back-to-back sends logos 3-4 on tankathon.com backslash NHL. Well, yeah, and you can also see it on our Twitter as we put out hashtag TankWatch every single day and give you the list of games that are pertinent to the tank, including the NHL overall standings and a screenshot of the lottery simulator. Speaking of that lottery similar simulator, let's give it a spin. You want to go first here? Sure. Also, shout out you saying pertinent. That's pretty cool. I, I had to after you had that big word elongate. You <laughs> like that one, eh? All right. Wow, this one hurts quite a bit. No way. I just mentioned that the Senators are in third and fourth picks. Don't they both drop three picks down into six and seven? And talk about Cinderella. Up ten spots into number two is Minnesota and New Jersey. Up five spots into number one, Ross. As you spin your dial right now, I got to say, as the Senators fans have been kind of Dealing with the Pajot deal, saying that now, hey, we've got three first-round picks. New Jersey also with three first-round picks. Six, ten, and the pick right before Ottawa's at 21. They got it from Vancouver. So, hey, there's another team who's already got the last overall pick, first overall pick in Jack Hughes. They could be making a big splash at the draft day this year. Yeah, I'd say it's almost guaranteed, though, that their third pick is behind where Ottawa's third pick is because mm-hmm. they have, yeah, I think it's it's the choice of Tampa Bay's or Vancouver's. 
Is that I think it's whichever one is is lower. No, because Tampa Bay's is now San Jose's. For sure, that one, or it's just yeah. the other one. I don't know. I'm not up on my Blake Coleman conditions on the pick, but what I can tell you is that for my spin, Ottawa stayed the exact same at number three, and the San Jose Sharks went down one to five. I'd be super happy with three and five. Um, at the end of this month, actually, as a little treat for all you listeners and Twitter followers out there, on the 29th, right after we put out the podcast and do the spin one more time with uh, all three of us on the show, I'm going to tweet out the results that we have so far. So we've been keeping track since January 7th. Every show, every spin has been recorded. And I will tell you right now, the two most common times picked are picks six and seven. And we've been saying all along, temper the expectations because out of all these spins, and we'll add them up before we post it, only four times have they got the first overall pick. Yikes. So it's just, yeah, it's it's a lesson in tempering the expectation. But if you think of it as two guaranteed top 10 picks, it sounds a lot better. In the deepest draft in what's felt like forever. That's what Pierre Dorian said on 1200 yesterday. So we can only hope that with so many picks, nine, nine picks in the first three rounds that there's going to be an entire crop of Senators waiting to make their mark. We'll leave you with that as the Senators are about set to host the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday night. And then the Belleville Senators start a busy weekend with two games in Cleveland. We'll be back Saturday morning after the first end of those two games. For Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. We've got your team every day.